Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. I'm Dave Cross and this episode, something new, rants and raves. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know it generally takes one of two themes. Either if it's just me, I pick a main topic and talk about that. If I have a guest, we usually talk about one or two topics, sometimes many topics. And by the way, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for checking in. So when I was thinking about a topic for this week, I couldn't narrow it down to any one thing. And some of the topics I was thinking of, well, that, that's not really a topic for a full podcast. That's like a five-minute discussion. And some of them were things I was very happy about, and other things were things I was kind of frustrated about. So hence the idea of rants and raves. So the first thing I'd like to talk about, I'd like to rave about, is Photoshop World. Two weeks ago, in fact, this time two weeks ago, I was in Las Vegas teaching at Photoshop World. I was very honored and privileged to be asked back to Photoshop World. I think it was my 30th time teaching at Photoshop World. So that's uh, amazing to me that I've been able to do it that many times. And each time is pretty much as exciting as the first time. And what's great about it is I get to not only teach some people in person, which is always uh, a thrill, which we'll talk about in a second, but also to meet people in person. I had many members from my training site come up and, and many of them wanted to tell me how they had benefited from specific tutorials that I've done or they like the live Q&A sessions that I do and things like that. And that's just nice and rewarding because frankly, most of the time I sit here in my home studio staring at a camera, smiling at it as if it's a real person, not getting that feedback that you get in person. So if you haven't gone to an event like Photoshop World, it's well worth it. I obviously am a big fan of online training because I have my own site to do that. But to me, there's nothing quite like the in-person benefit of going to a live class, seeing your favorite instructor teach live and be able to go up afterwards and ask questions and chat and things like that. And that's definitely one of the, the great things about Photoshop world is that there's plenty of opportunities for the attendees to kind of mix and mingle with the instructors. So it's not like you have five minutes to try and get your question and there's plenty of times to stop someone in the hallway and ask a question and chat about things. And I, I think that's really, really cool. Now, there's lots of live events you can attend, but one thing I just want to point out is that there's kind of two different types of events that, as I see it. One is more of a trade show that may or may not have training, and then other events are a training event that may or may not have a trade show. Like Photoshop World has a pretty small expo area because the main focus is on having a whole bunch of classes. And that's the same for events like Creative Pro Week is another great example where there's lots of classes going on. In contrast to something like Photo Plus, which for photographers is a big annual event in New York City, but it's basically a trade show. And in fact, from what I understand this year, they're not even having as many classes in the past. They did have some classes. Now there may be a theater on the show floor. I know there's at least going to be an Adobe theater because I'm going to be in New York for that event doing a couple of sessions at the Adobe booth. So still worth going to, certainly if you want to look at the latest, greatest toys and technology. But if you're looking at it from a learning standpoint, then probably better to focus on 
events that are more training focused. And just one more thought about that. Another thing to check out is uh, there are the PPA Professional Photographers of America have regional schools all across the country and quite often those are also made available or they have events that are made available to the general public so you don't have to necessarily be a PPA member to attend them. So look that up in your part of the world if you're in the U.S. because that can be another great source of a, of a live place to go. And just one more thought about live events. Some time ago I was on a podcast for instructors and especially new instructors and the host asked me what's one of the best things people can do to prepare for teaching an online class and without even hesitating my first thought was teach it in person and the host kind of looked at me <laughs> a little strangely and I said you need that initial feedback of the visual feedback you get from students when they either raise their eyebrows or they nod their head or whatever it is to know yes this is making sense because if you haven't ever done that it's a lot harder I think to do an online course successfully and I really believe that for me, as, a, as an instructor, there's a great benefit to continuing to teach in person as much as I can because it really helps me when I'm then teaching my online sessions. So that was my first little rave, something I'm really a big fan of is Photoshop World. Now it's time for a rant. And this is one of these things. It's, it probably doesn't really matter, but every so often I see something. I'm a member of some Facebook groups for Photoshop and as a result, all these things pop up. And there are people that advertise their latest tutorial. And I saw one the other day, and for some reason, it, it actually made me laugh out loud because the tutorial was titled something like Amazing Tutorial, How to Make a Fantasy Scene with a Man for a Lantern as His Head. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> okay. All those times you've been thinking, gosh, you know, one thing I've really wanted to do is to take a photograph and make a guy look like he has a lantern for his head. Now, uh, to be fair, I didn't watch the video, so maybe there were some techniques in there that were transferable and were really useful, but sometimes I just have to wonder about the topics that people pick for Photoshop tutorials, and maybe I'm way off here. Maybe there are lots of people that want to see that kind of stuff, but it's kind of the same thing I always joke about saying that I don't do tutorials on how to make an exploding planet because uh, it's not something that people ask me for. People ask me about what I would consider more practical stuff. But it's just one of those things where when I see topics like that, I just, I'm just i kind of curious actually to know how many people actually watch those things. And I suppose I could go and find out, especially if they're on YouTube, and probably I wouldn't want to because then I'd see this had you know, 487,000 views or something, and I'd be like, really? But... I guess it's just me. I'm, I'm all about trying to do things that are practical for people so that when they watch a tutorial, they, at the end, can not only do that one specific thing, but understand better what a layer mask does. So I don't know, maybe I'll look up some of these YouTube tutorials and if I see they're making, having lots and lots and lots of views, then maybe I'll start having to make the odd tutorial about a man with an exploding planet for his head and see how that does. <laughs> all right. Back to a rave. Glenn Dewis, what a man. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, my chat with Glenn Dewis, it's really, really well worth a listen. Here's a guy that started doing a personal project just because he thought it would be interesting and has turned into the most amazing project honoring the veterans in the UK from World War II. And it's, it's got his own website and it's really turned into something big. But 
but perhaps the more important thing, and the reason I suggest if you haven't listened to it, you should, is it's so great to hear someone with such amazing passion for his project. He doesn't just talk about, yeah, this is something that I do. You can just tell by his the tone of his voice and the way he's expressing himself that he absolutely, this is his passion and it's what he needs to be doing. It's what he was meant to be doing. And he even said something like, it made me realize that all roads kind of led to this point where this is where what I was meant to be doing. And he also talks quite a bit about printing. And, and that was an interesting discussion as well, because he discovered the the benefit of having a, a calibration device that changed everything for him with printing. So Glenn's a good friend of mine. And honestly, just you should, if you haven't followed him, if you haven't seen what he's doing, and you haven't looked into his project or listened to last week's podcast, you really should, because it is really quite amazing. All right, I'm going to alternate and go back to a rant. And that is how we have become so focused on you put a photograph up on social media and get likes and thumbs up and smiley faces and all that that sort of stuff and and I get that that's fine but something that's become something that just kind of bugs me a little bit is when I'll see a photograph and the comments are like one word like awesome amazing great and and that's very nice to tell the the photographer that his photograph is awesome but i would love it if people added to that and said this is awesome i love the way the light reflects in the water or the way you were able to capture that the detail of the branches with the bird or whatever it is something because if i was the photographer i mean i guess it's nice to get a whole bunch of comments that say awesome great amazing but I'd like to know a little more, like what is it about it that, that you found interesting? Because that could help me more. And I realize it's a time issue that people just don't have time perhaps to do that kind of thing. That They just want to very quickly as they're passing through the noise of social media and they see something that catches their eye that it's quicker to just to write awesome. But for those of you that follow other photographers or see their photos, I would just suggest it'd be nice if we could just take a little more time and even if it's just a short comment, but something a little more than just a one word bit of praise or a thumbs up. All right, gonna do a a last few rants and raves after this, but first. It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is about the Photoshop command called Color Range. It's an interesting way to make a selection, but it's based on the entire photograph. In other words, if you had a photograph with a whole bunch of people, all of whom were wearing different shades of red shirts, and you want to select one of them, by default, the Color Range command would select everything red, because that's kind of the way it works. It's like the magic wand set on non-contiguous, so it's going to select everything red. So here's a little trick. If you're trying to narrow down the focus, make a very rough selection around, for example, one of those people with the red shirt. Just make sure not to include any other red shirts. And now when you go into color range, color range will be looking inside that existing selection to make that selection. So it's narrowing down the focus of color range by first making a selection. It's a great way to make color range even better. 
Whether you're new to Photoshop or a seasoned user, learningphotoshop.cc is the place to go to learn Photoshop. With award-winning instructor Dave Cross. Learningphotoshop.cc, powered by Dave Cross Workshops. Okay, it's time to get back to ranting and raving. And next, I want to rant and rave both about Adobe because there are times where, gosh, Adobe does some amazing things. And one of the things I'd like to rave about is the fact that Adobe really does listen to their users. I'm on the beta testing group of for the latest upcoming version of Photoshop. And of course, I can't divulge any specific details, but I'll just say that many of the things that, that they are working on that may or may not see the light of day are very much based on user input. So when people say things like, I wish there was a way to fill in the blank, it really does get added to a list that people at Adobe actually look at and see if they can figure out a way to include that in the next version. If you haven't previously listened to the episode I did of the podcast where I interviewed Meredith Stotzner, who's uh, one of the product managers at, on the Photoshop team, she went into quite a bit of detail about the process that they go through. And it's really quite fascinating to see how they are able to incorporate as much of user input as they do. Now, having said all that, here's my rant part of Adobe, and that is, and, and I... I get where they're coming from, but honestly, guys, it's time for some tools and functions to just go away in Photoshop. I know they want to keep all users happy, but it gets to frustrating to me. So I, when I was at Photoshop World, I was teaching an introductory class on layers, and I had shown how you can either do it this way or this way or this way. And but I would suggest doing it this way, and you know, try to narrow down the focus. And after the class. A person came up and said, I'm very new to Photoshop, and one of the things that I find challenging is that you're telling me this is the best way, then why does this other tool exist? And I honestly couldn't answer it. I didn't have an answer for them because I don't know. I don't know why that is. And we talked about that in my chat with Meredith, and she said that in the past there were a time where they took out a, a tool because it seemed like no one was using it, and then they got people being very angry about its removal. Well, I get that, but at a certain point, I feel like they have to play their percentages and say, if there's a very small percentage that don't use a particular function, then honestly, they can come up with an alternate way. I think one of her comments was that, particularly if some people had like an action that they had recorded, now the action wouldn't work because the removal of something, then re-record the action, honestly. I mean, you can you can do it. I know you can. So it's just one of my pet peeves as I spend so much time as an instructor saying, I know there's a command called this, but don't use that. Use this one instead. And people look at me like, what? Like, why is it there then? It's like, well, I don't know. And I mean, I, I do know. I know the reason is Adobe doesn't want to make people mad. But at a certain point, like I said, I think you just have to play the averages and say how many people, what percentage of people actually still use this tool versus the people that have now moved on to the latest, greatest tool. It's frustrating to me when Adobe introduces great new technology and then still has a lousy way to do it as well, just to confuse people to figure out which way to do things. All right, here's my last rant. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because it's just sort of foreshadowing next week the episode of the podcast. I'm going to air a chat I did at Photoshop World with Andrew Cavanaugh. Andrew is the owner slash founder of the largest Photoshop group 
on Facebook and we talked a lot about groups and discussions and things like that. But one of my pet peeves, and again, I don't want to steal our own thunder from next week, but it, my biggest pet peeve is when someone posts a question in a group and says, how do you do this? And I see there are three or four comments. Personally, my first in inclination is to read the comments and go, oh, okay, it's been answered. But the number of times, there's one just recently where someone asked a pretty basic question and there were like 24 answers and they were all the same. I'm like, do you not just read what the other person said and said, okay, it's been answered. So anyway, you can hear more about that and other pros and cons about Facebook groups in next week's episode with Andrew. All right, one last rave, and that is for you guys, the listeners to this podcast. I appreciate you coming in every week and listening. I really appreciate the people who go and leave a review on iTunes. Just recently, someone left a very nice review. Thank you very much for doing that. I know there are many people that that's how they decide if they're going to listen to a podcast or not. So if you can take a time to leave a five-star review if you love it, leave a five-star review even if you don't. <laughs> but seriously, anything you can do from that regard of commenting or reviewing, I really, really do appreciate it. All right, that's it. Enough, enough ranting and raving for this time. Next week, come back for the interview with Andrew Cavanaugh from the world's largest Photoshop Facebook group. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time. Find us at TalkingShop.show. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.